Hey everyone, this is your friend Bully, and you're listening to Bully Esquire. In this podcast, we chat with the movers and shakers from the worlds of finance, tech, crypto, politics, law, and media, and everything in between. Thanks for joining. Let's dive in. This podcast is powered by Blockworks, the fastest growing crypto media company. Blockworks has 20 crypto and finance podcasts, and I'm excited to be part of the network. Visit blockworks.co for access to the highest quality information in the space. I promise you won't be disappointed. Today's episode is brought to you by Node40, Crypto.com, and Gemini. You'll hear more about them later in the episode. Super pumped. I have two of my very good friends um, in crypto, people I've known probably the longest since I've been in the space. Mr. Listen Destro LD and Crypto Dale. Gentlemen, how are we doing? What's up, bully? Man, we've we've shared a lot of good candy recommendations over the years, haven't we, Dale? We have. And and now we're like in the candy of the month club together. <laughs> and LD, we've been following each other. I think I was following you when I had like 400 followers. Yeah, man. We were one of each other's first follows. I remember those days. Yeah, when um, like it was like me, you, and Rick, and yep. <laughs> A few other yeah. sort of cowboys. Yeah, just getting rolling there in 2017. Those were fun times. Yeah. What a time. No, very, very nostalgic these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we had obviously the the Crypto Street podcast crew. I think I was your first guest. Yeah. Your you were your most frequented guest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I held a lot of titles. I think I had five. I think I was in the five timers club. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I want to, wasn't it you and not so fast that were competing yeah. for the yeah. title? We were competing. And then Messi was on there a lot too. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, and then I think maybe we were part of that last live stream you got. Was it me and Messi on the last one? Yeah. Yeah. The hundredth or 200th episode or whatever it was. Yeah. So whatever happened to that, I mean, I don't want to, you don't have to give away. Yeah, no. Trade secrets. Um, you know, I'll take a lot of the blame for the the fallout of it. I was moving houses. Um, and then, you know, life just got in the way. And I mean, long story short, there were some things that, that happened behind the scene, not amongst Whale Prince and myself by any means, because, you know, the three of us are still real tight mm-hmm. today. Um, Prince and I talk all the time. Whale and I occasionally talk. Uh, we're in a lot of groups together, but you know, they're, they're two, a lot two just like two brothers to me, but there were some things that went on that kind of took the wind out of the sail for, for the two, the three of us. Sure. Um, again, nothing. I want to reiterate. It is nothing. There's no friction, nothing between the three of us. It's not like the Beatles breaking up. <laughs> right. There wasn't a Yoko or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like that. So we just kind of, I think, you know, we kind of lost the fire to do it. Sure. Yeah, no. And I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of work. LD and I were talking about that before we hit record here, where it's like, you know, you'd think it's just like, oh, we'll just go and record, but there's prep, there's scheduling, there's production and sort of, you know, it's, it's not a, a, a little event and then add in life stuff and it can, mm-hmm. it can be a lot. So you guys did actually, you said 200 episodes. I think it was like 150 maybe. Oh, okay. Wow. Wasn't it like, I mean, I thought you were telling me some of the numbers on those podcasts. It was insane, right? Like, yeah. So we we launched in November of 17. Um, I mean, honest to God, like the perfect Mm -hmm. time to launch. And the only other podcast or 
show crypto show was shitcoin talk really oh right yeah with dumb yeah so it was us and them and they would have they had you know uh two different type of shows obviously mm-hmm. yeah and they were sort of like and so we kind of just thought yo let's get s- what were you saying oh no no go ahead i i didn't mean to interrupt you oh it's all right so yeah we were they were kind of like you know a, a group of knowledgeable altcoin traders that would just get together and talk about coins and charts and bitcoin and stuff like that whereas we kind of wanted to get to know the people behind the Twitter. Um, so we, you know, we just wanted to get good guests and the three of us, you know, meshed well together. Uh, we had some crazy, crazy times. I mean, <laughs> man, the stories, you know, we got invited to a lot of conferences because it was peak bull run really. Mm-hmm. And so we would go and talk and man, we got, I, and I, I don't, I hope no one thinks I'm a conceited you know, dude here, but we got treated like royalty. I mean, we went to San Diego, we stayed in this gorgeous hotel on the ocean, um, five, probably a five-star hotel. And then we just got pretty much paraded around. We got invited to parties. Uh, you know, we went out to consensus and recorded a live show out there and we were, we got invited to the, the Tron party. Uh, so Justin's son paid for all of our drinks all night long. Um, so it was it was a wild ride. I mean, sure. it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So one of us is going to have to write a book after all. <laughs> I mean, there's a For lot real. of cool stuff that has happened over the years, and that was like pre-COVID too. So everyone was just like at conferences all the time. Yeah. And then, so I, I guess I should back up a little bit. I mean, so for the folks who may not, you know, follow you guys on Twitter, um, listen, Destro Staple. Crypto Dale Staple, LD. How how did you end up actually falling into crypto? Because I know you and I joined around the same time, like we said, sort of early 2017. Did you just kind of stumble across it, or was someone you knew interested in it? A little bit of both, really. So the first crypto I bought was Ethereum, but it was in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, and then I joined uh, Twitter in 2017, and, and that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had heard of, of Bitcoin you know, for years and never really pursued it uh, to find out what was really going on. And at some point I Googled cryptocurrencies in November, 2016 or something and found Ethereum and it sounded interesting. And I bought a boatload of it, a boatload at the time for me, (laughs) considering my situation, I felt like I was buying a lot Uh, in retrospect, maybe not as much, but Anyway, that was my uh, first foray into it. And then 2017 just started hitting those altcoins on Poloniex. <laughs> Man, um, we have like the exact same story. I think I got, <laughs> I think I bought Ethereum in like November, 2016. And then yep. I was like, I, I need more information. So I just went on Twitter and I was like, ah, I should make a throwaway for this. <laughs> and yeah. That's how it sort of happened. Yeah, absolutely. I'd never used Twitter before in my mm-hmm. life, had no interest in using Twitter. I, I saw it purely as a tool to, to get information, to learn about this scene. Mm-hmm. And here I am years later, basically just a degenerate gambler and <laughs> shit poster <laughs> and uh, sometime podcast host. Were you guys ever on like the Reddit forums, like ETH Trader and, and those things? No. 
That's I actually where I, I started. Um, and that was, oh my God, <laughs> look at that. Like, that was just a mess. It was like the most <laughs> hopium channel you've ever been a part of. But I remember back in the day, it was like, do you think Ethereum can hit a hundred? And everyone's like, no, <laughs> yeah. no way. Forget it. Cause I think I bought in at like $8 or something, yep. which is outrageous to think about now. So D Dale, you're just a touch later, right? You were like yeah. early 2017. Yeah. So I, I bought in sometime, you know, May, June of 2017 and, and I bought Ethereum as well. How'd you um, hear about it? And, you know, I, um, I, so actually back in, so I'm in the, in real life job is in the finance field. Mm -hmm. And I heard about Bitcoin back in 2014. And I actually was in my office, was going to go and buy some and I couldn't figure it out. And then a customer walked in. So I gave up on it. Not a big deal, whatever. And then um, someone had a buddy text me and said, what do you know about Bitcoin and crypto? And I said, well, this is what I had researched back in 2014. And he kind of spurred my interest. So I bought some Ethereum doubled it right away and thought this is so easy you know <laughs> right. so easy and then i found twitter in um august august 1st actually it was i signed up the day the reason i signed up was because my buddy was like hey i don't know if you should buy any bitcoin because there's what's a fork going on and <laughs> and he's like I, no one just no one really knows what's gonna happen and so I was like, well, um, I had a personal Twitter account that I use for like sports stuff and fantasy football. So I'm like, well, let's just try and find, um, try and find information about it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I did. And like a lot of newbies, I would see someone shill a coin and a huge green candle. And I thought, oh yeah, I'm buying in because this <laughs> thing's going to continue just to fly. Right. And I was very humbled very fast. Sure. <laughs> it's incredible how bad you get chopped up when you first start. You're like, oh, you it just is. chase pumps and you get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's funny. April 1st, too. So April 1st, 2017 was the day I uh, started my Polonian X account as well. And then due to the forks, I think I created a Bitrex account because they were going to honor the like one to one airdrop or, yeah. you know, snapshot or whatever it was. Um, this is all ancient history, but um, it feels like a hundred years ago. LD. Yeah. Are you still holding your first Ethereum bags? Yes. You Does are? Does not surprise me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You have fucking He has diamond, diamond hands, hands man. <laughs> yeah. Like, diamond yeah. hands. There is not, maybe Sugar Bear, but yeah. there is not, I'm calling it right now, there is not anyone in crypto with more stronger hands than LD. Don't you still have that. your original uni airdrop too? I do. Yes. <laughs> I sold that thing. So great. I couldn't sell that thing fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> Same. The one that I did sell was one inch. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah I, I dropped that, that one too. right away, but yeah, I kept uni. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. No, the fact that you still have some original Ethereum bags is extraordinary. I mean, I, I think I sold at 50 and I thought I was a genius. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I have five X. I'm so smart. And then it ripped to like 1450 or whatever it was. Ugh, stupid. That's the worst thing that can happen too, is that stuff rips. Cause then you sit and you're like, okay, if, if I would have held, mm -hmm. yeah. this is what I would have. And then you just get depressed mode. Horrible oh, yeah. feeling constantly get out the calculator and yeah 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 it's it's hard to say what's worse though i mean it's like well selling too early or selling too late they're both pretty bad i mean you know i've held some 
altcoin bags down <laughs> 99% and that's not very fun either. So, so I've, I've got the answer to this. I think I know maybe Messiah <laughs> disagrees with me, but okay. So having gone through 2017 um, and the drawdown and then reliving it here this last six months, you know, I, I find I've, and bully, you say this all the time in, in our telegram groups and on Twitter that you're going to probably sell early this oh, round. And you know what though, here's, here's, and I'm okay with that because, because what I went through in 17 to 18 to 19 to now, you know, if I sit and think where I would be in my life, if I would have sold, when I looked at my wife, I remember it was the exact top. I, we were on vacation in Florida. I pulled up my black folio and I showed her and I said, this is too easy. Like this, this just is too easy. I'm literally doing nothing and making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And here now, you know, knowing what I know now, I'm okay selling a little early and securing that profit. Because, and, and you see this all the time on Twitter too. You see people busting people's balls because they're like, oh, you pussy, you're selling too early. But here's one thing that, and I was one of those people, I'll admit it. But here's the thing that I, I've matured in my time here. Here's the thing that matters is life-changing money to you might not be life-changing money to other people, but that's where you need to stay in your lane and you need to worry about yourself. It doesn't matter if bullies rocking, ripping 500 X's and I'm only making a 20 X because that's life changing money to me. Yeah. You know, so I'm okay selling a little early. No, you're right. That's, that's good advice. And actually, I I mean, you guys probably saw the other day, I think I posted, well, I deleted the post because of the exact sort of animosity that you described, but I paid off my student loans. I like cashed out some Bitcoin at like yeah. 58 grand, which is fucking outrageous. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to pay off my student loans. I had a lot of debt from law school and I was like, I have the chance. And in 2017, the exact same thing happened to me where I like, I had that money and I remember being like, I could take this out, but I'm going to let it ride. And I did. And I got yep. my face ripped off. So I'm like, I'm not making that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it feels good. And, but yeah, I mean, I posted that on Twitter and people were like, you fucking idiot. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, all right, I'm just going to delete it because it's not worth the ass ache of like dealing with people who don't know my situation. <laughs> um, so you're right. It's like, exactly. it's, very, it's very dependent on sort of what your kind of individual circumstances are. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. You know, one thing I guess I like to do, and I know some other people don't like to do this. I like to at least get my initial out on a, on a altcoin and then let the rest ride. I yeah. mean, honestly, if it goes to zero, it goes to zero. Yeah, no, half on a double is great. Exactly. Um, and that luckily we're sort of back in that environment where that's even possible. I remember I used to like in 2018, you say half on a double and people would laugh at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's uh, it may be, alt season here soon i'm, I'm gonna ask you guys about that in a second but i, I i'm just i want to sort of close out the podcast thread here um so after crypto street unld started live from iowa um mm-hmm. and that was what like a every day you guys did it right it was sort of like a morning chat show 
No, so that was <clears throat> once a week. It was LD, Nick Nasty, and myself. And um, again, I had that was peak COVID. My wife is in the healthcare field and was pulling so many hours, and I was getting pulled five thousand ways. So again, pin that blame on me. Nick's great. LD is. I mean, LD is LD. Mm. You can't spell success without LD. LD. It's true. It's true, <laughs> boys. Yep. Yeah, so that was good. You know, we had some cool guests on there. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, CJ Wilson, the former professional baseball pitcher, was on there. Um, just some Bull- other, other. Bully Esquire, I think. Bully Esquire. You, <laughs> look, you're not going to have a podcast with LD and Dale as a host and not have Bully on an episode. I mean, that's true. And then, so, okay. So yeah, I'm getting my wires crossed a little bit here. So you had that and then you guys sort of pivoted and launched Good Morning Crypto, right? Good Morning Bitcoin. Uh, We teamed up with Hashrate and did that. Um, And that was a daily show. And we, I mean, we liked that, didn't we, LD? Yeah, man, that was fun. Yeah, it was great. I love A lot of work, but it was fun. So what's the story? I mean, are you guys, can can I encourage you on behalf of sort of the crypto community at large to pick up the torch that I'm fumbling here. <laughs> LD, what one? do you think? I think we should. Yeah, I do. I do so, think we should. We were, you know, good, good morning. Bitcoin was something of a little cult underground classic, so to speak. We had a nice following and uh, I think we could pick it back up and make it bigger and better. Yeah. yeah. So let's just announce, we're going to start one called <laughs> good morning crypto. All right um we're gonna do uh monday through thursday 20 minute episodes every morning kind of like we were 20 to 30 minute episode where we read news stories talk about news talk about coins and then end with a little fun and then on thursday nights we're gonna do a a twitch stream with a guest oh i love that and then and then that'll release on friday mornings the audio from that so that's kind of the plan um again we just got to sit down and map it out. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, like we've sort of said, it's a lot of work, but um, it's, you know, I love the like sort of record release quickly mm-hmm. model. I, I found my stuff would even get stale, you know, yeah, waiting yeah. like a couple weeks. Crypto's just so crazy like that where, you know, you'd record with a guest and Bitcoin's up and everyone's in a good mood. And then when you release it, it's like a bear market again <laughs> you're like oh this isn't timely anymore yeah um, and, and we did that with crypto street like we would always have one recording in our pocket and we found that out quickly too bully that you know we would have someone on that's very ta savvy and they would be mm-hmm. talking about price action and then pe- you know we'd release the episode a week later and people are like what the hell are you guys doing this <laughs> you know bitcoin's down f- 10 grand from this point and whatever the case may be but <laughs> well awesome i'm i'm excited for you guys to launch that i'm sure everyone in the community is looking forward to it um and i'll make sure to <laughs> promote it when it comes across my twitter as well um, oh, man well cool so what do you guys i mean we're kind of i feel like we're at a bit of a crossroads here in the crypto market i just wanted to pick you guys brain since you know you're both knee deep in this stuff. And, um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm seeing half my feeds calling for, you know, $3,000 Bitcoin and half my feeds calling for 150, $200,000 Bitcoin. So 
uh, I, I'm just curious, which which way are we going? Can you guys help me out? LD, you want to give your in-depth analysis from your <laughs> newsletter? This, oh, of course, man. is not any sort of financial advice. I will <laughs> Absolutely give that not. You know, I, I said it earlier in the show. I, I've realized over the years of my involvement in this space that I am more of a gambler than anything else, <laughs> truly. Um I think there is a time when I might have said, "Oh, I'm I trade. I'm a trader. Whatever. Um, I'm I'm a gambler, um, and I'm I'm proud of it at this point." Uh, so, Bitcoin itself, man, I don't even I don't even pay attention unless I've got other people in my ear. Um, I couldn't tell you what the price is right now. I couldn't tell you what the price was yesterday. I just know it's high and it's moving. You know, and, and there are going to be good days and bad days. I learned that early on in this 2017, 2018. I mean, even in 2017, when everything's booming, we still had red days, man, you know, and people would freak out and I see them freaking out again. And I just don't have patience for it, you know, mm -hmm. and I tune it out. Um, I do think we're going to continue to see the bull market uh, do its thing. I don't, I don't think we're going to see $3,000 Bitcoin. I'm not going to say never again, mm -hmm. But I don't think it's anytime soon. I think we're in the midst of something special again, maybe not quite on par with what we've seen in, in, a, in the previous years when we started. But uh, I think we got a good thing going and I think it continues. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's a good point and one that sort of gets lost in the day to day bullshit of crypto Twitter is like trends are important and they're critically important in crypto. And I've lost so much fucking money over the years being like, I'm going to try to catch the bottom or I'm yeah. going to call the top when I could have just sat back and enjoyed the ride. Um, and, you know, went with the trend, like you're 99 times out of a hundred, you're not going to catch the very bottom or the, the perfect top. So there's no point in trying and it's a great way to lose money too. Yeah, um, I, I I would agree with with LD. I'm by any means I'm no ledger or messiah, but <laughs> here here are my levels on on Bitcoin. I mean, obviously, we're, like LD said, you know, I'm a big go with the trend trader, and obviously, a year ago we were at thirty five hundred. So, you know, obviously the trend is up. Um, levels, I guess I'm watching on Bitcoin or have marked is like that fifty one thousand range. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if we get to that, it, it, you know, go below that, it, then I'd have to reassess. And then on Ethereum, I'm right about 1600, I think. I don't know. I mean, like LD said, we're going to have red days. Uh, it's by the dip season. And I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be shorting anything in this market unless it's Ripple. Um, because yeah. I hate that coin. But yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's an easy target these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no. And it's, I do think I hate using like the, oh, this time's different, but I do feel like this time is a little bit different with the institutions coming in and, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, large corporations like Tesla and um, micro strategies and things buying all of this Bitcoin. If, if that trend continues um, to pick up steam, things could get really weird. Uh, <laughs> you know, like we could look back and be like, holy shit, you could have bought Bitcoin for 50 grand. That's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, you also see these data points that I, I actually find this one pretty compelling where it's like, okay, um, 
gold's market cap, I think, is twenty trillion. Maybe it's ten trillion, but it's like in the double-digit trillions. And Bitcoin's is, of course, one trillion. So, you know, you think there's quite a bit of room for growth there if we are indeed digital gold. And mm -hmm. I, I sort of do buy that narrative. I know I give Maxis a lot of hard time on on Twitter, but Bitcoin is a pretty extraordinary asset, and I do think that that narrative seems to be kind of taking root in the financial industry. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm hopeful that this is sort of the super cycle that Three Arrows Capital says it is. Yeah, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the other thing happens too. <laughs> and that's just yeah. it, you know. Like I use the NCAA tournament for example. My conviction on Illinois making it to the Final Four, I filled out probably 25 brackets. I know I've got a problem, but <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. 25 really yeah 25. probably good lord <laughs> so i know i've got i've seriously ld you think you're a gambler um <laughs> but you know and my conviction on illinois i of the 25 i filled out i had them in the final four and 24 of them and look they lost in the second round so you know i i think relating that to the conviction in the market i I don't think we're there yet to people being cocky because when you see dips like this, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this bully, but people's buttholes still pucker. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, you know, there, there's still people that are calling for 3000, mm -hmm. like you said. So, you know, I don't think we're to that point where we're going to reverse and be in a bear market by any stretch. I think this is, you know, dip buying season. Yeah. Uh, people, I don't see, I'll be a little more worried when I see dip coming and every single person on my timeline is saying buy the dip. Yeah. And I don't have that yet. I don't, I wouldn't even say half the people on my timeline are saying that. Yeah, no, you're right. But I mean, on the other hand, we are see, seeing some like pretty spectacular top things right yeah. now, but I've been seeing top things for like the last eight months. So I just don't know. I mean, it's like, back in 2017 we had like the Katy perry nails and it just it felt like the top but this it's like okay Charmin's releasing an nft like yeah that's pretty cringy and yeah i mean there's these random things that crop up but yeah for the most part it seems like people are still pretty scared well and i i think the top things have changed though mm -hmm. i mean you know because there's been soldier boy <laughs> right that he's been around for a couple three months i mean you know so there there are some top things that change and and when we're out of this bull market we'll again if we're still around we'll look back and say geez mike tyson getting a bitcoin tattoo on the side of his neck was pretty toppy but or you know whatever the case may be but i don't know i just think there's with with the institutional money that's flowing in I just, I don't know. I think this, I do agree with you. I think this time's different and maybe I'm going to get razzed for saying that. And this is the top signal that everyone needs. I don't know. This year, the IRS will require you to report your crypto activity when filing your tax returns. Crypto savvy taxpayers are using Node 40 to determine the taxes they owe or losses to claim. Whether you've traded the top five tokens or dove into the new and exciting world of DeFi, Node 40 will provide a bulletproof picture of your current tax liability. Exchanges alone can't provide the reports you need. 
That's why you need a group of crypto tax geeks like the team at Node40 in your corner. With Node40, you won't have to worry about surprises come tax time. Be smart, be prepared, and embrace your crypto lifestyle. My listeners can even take advantage of a bully promo code by signing up today at node40.com slash bully. That's N-O-D-E 40.com slash B-U-L-L-Y. The Crypto.com app is a crypto super app that lets you buy, earn, and spend crypto all in one place. You can earn up to 8.5% APR on your Bitcoin and 14% APR on your stable coins. You'll be paid on a weekly basis, and you can choose freely from flexible one-month or three-month tenures. Get 25 bucks worth of CRO when you download the Crypto.com app with the code BULLY and stake 5,000 CRO or more to take advantage of their interest rate. Download the Crypto.com app now to see the interest rates you could be earning on more than 30 coins. Hey guys, one of our sponsors, Gemini, is launching a new credit card. But it's not a normal credit card where you get rewards back in cash. With this credit card, you get your rewards back in Bitcoin or other available cryptocurrencies. Get paid Bitcoin just for doing your shopping. That's pretty cool. The waitlist is now open, so you can go to Gemini's website and sign up. The earlier you sign up, the higher on the waitlist you'll be when it launches in Q2 of this year. And make sure to check out Gemini's exchange while you're at it. If you open a free account in under three minutes at Gemini.com bully, and you use my ref link, you can get $10 in Bitcoin after you trade $100 or more within 30 days. Once again, that's Gemini.com bully. Thanks. So LD, you mentioned you don't even pay attention to Bitcoin's price action. So what what nope. are you watching? You're you're probably watching your alts, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm deep in alts, man. <laughs> like I, I don't I don't pay attention to Bitcoin. I I don't pay attention to Ethereum for the really? most part. No, like I have I have those coins and, and cold wallets. I mean, I have some Ethereum on the side that I play with and some mm-hmm. Bitcoin as well, but the majority of it I have in cold wallets. I have no interest in touching it for years. So I just pretend it doesn't exist and I don't care about the prices of those things. Um, I like to play in the altcoins and the shit coins and I dive in as deep as I can, man. <laughs> so what, 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 what are your interests? Is it DeFi? Yeah. Yeah. Anything that I think is actually going to stick around and make some money for, mm-hmm. for myself. So yeah, it's DeFi, it's NFTs. I've dabbled a little bit in the NFT game, uh, but mostly DeFi right now. Okay. Are you like, is it decentralized exchanges like Uniswap and one inch and stuff? Sushi swap. I only, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ledger's going to kill me, but I, I mostly use uh, Uniswap and mm-hmm. he's, he's big on, you know, plugging everything into matcha and uh, getting the best price. And for whatever reason, I just don't seem to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I never really have luck that way either. I just use Uni as well. It's just yeah, too easy. Yeah. Okay. Good, good to know. I thought I'd be in the minority here, but I I know we're, 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 we're at our blue Yeti mics and we're talking about (laughs) Uniswap. He's going to kill us. As, as much as Ledger likes us, I think there's a big part of him that hates us too. Yeah. Oh yeah. For real. Ledger. I want it known. I, anytime I trade, I go to ledgerstatus.com slash matcha, matcha. What a suck up. What a suck up. Jesus. We're going to start throwing stuff at your at the back of your head.
Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Ledger's killing it with up only. Um, that's been, it's been fun to watch that sort of develop quickly. Um, and they, you know, they have more listeners than I ever <laughs> had. Um, but I suppose they're both stars and they've been able to pull in the, the viewers. Although, have you guys noticed the up only curse that seems to be happening where whenever they broadcast them, the market seems to dump now? I've noticed yep. that. Yeah. Assholes. Well, they got to fix that. They do. I don't know. We'll talk to Bitcoin's management about it, trying to get that sorted out. So what about you, Dale? What are you trading? Are you uh, are you the majors? Are you down in shitcoin land with LD? I, I am definitely down in shitcoin land. Um, I think that's where I want my exposure now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I sold a lot and I, I haven't really been public yet about this outside of you know my inner circle i saw it or grupo's day say it ld <laughs> grupo de tubos thank you um outside of that group i haven't really been public about this but i sold a lot in early february mm-hmm. um again because like i said earlier it was life-changing money to me and it's going to better my life so why not yeah um so i i would say largest bag right now is pint hmm. um pub.finance so i've got that and then i've got a got some nfts and some you know some ethereum that i like to play with and try and quick flip um but no i'm i'm mostly shit coins that's where i think the risk on is right now and um i don't know like it's hard for me even on even on large market cap coins, it's hard for me to to get into that now. I mean, sure, it could kind of be a safe coin, stable coin, whatever. But I think the money to be made is in low to mid caps. Um, yeah, that's just where I think the most money can be made right now, and that's obviously what I'm trying to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, it people buy, you know, people do leverage trading and people buy options and stuff when like really a lot of these smaller altcoins are like severely lever- levered up exposure yeah. to Ethereum or Bitcoin. So Bitcoin moves 2%, Ethereum moves 5%, and then these smaller coins move 15 to 20%. So it's almost like like a call option on, on Ethereum without the, the, the time decay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're really, I, I think, I mean, people poo-poo alts, but I think they're sort of a really good way to, you know, make some extra Bitcoin or Ethereum if you're, if you're smart and you don't marry them. Yeah. I got absolutely wrecked on that dip on Thanksgiving on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely wrecked. And I haven't leveraged traded since. And I go through spurts like that where I'll have a good couple months and then I just get absolutely ass blasted. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, step back. And I just haven't seen the need or had my, my conviction on, on that hasn't been to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to de-risk from alts and move to Ethereum or Bitcoin. Yeah. No, and everyone sort of develops their style. There's guys like Gainsey or, you know, Rookie or these other guys that are pretty public about it who can go out there and just trade leverage all day. And I, yeah, I'm the same way. I might have a win or two, but I'll just get chopped to shit and I'll inevitably lose it. It's like going to the casino. I just don't have the discipline to, you know, walk away. Alts, it's like, all right, I, I, I've made my two X. I'll dump them and move on to the mm-hmm. next one. Um, 
and that's just a better system for me. So I don't blame you there. Um, so you guys both mentioned NFTs. What are what are we doing on? I mean, NFT, <laughs> NFTs. I'm. It's such a funny topic because people have so much to say about them. Even people who like, frankly, don't really understand them, um, seem to want to comment on them. But since you're both trading them, I'm kind of curious to hear your kind of. I, I guess a your thought on like the 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 technology and the artwork itself, and then b it sounds like you guys are using them sort of in a speculative speculative way and you're kind of using them almost like an altcoin. So uh, LD, maybe you, you want to weigh in on this. What's your sort of thesis behind NFTs and like, how are you kind of approaching them with regards to, to trading and acquiring them? That's a great, great question. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so you just rescued a few moon cats and you're like i'm an nft collector <laughs> pretty pretty much so right. i'm i'm late i'm late to the to the scene in terms of appreciating nfts and uh i could go off on a tangent here and i'm going to try my best not to um do it the, the artwork itself i've always found questionable and uh <laughs> that's as far, a nice way to put it yeah i, I want to be respectful mm -hmm. to to some people who uh, you know take it more seriously than i do and are actually artists you know i'm not a creator in that way so i don't know what it's like to uh to put your heart out there and create something but there are people who are also just straight creating crap mm -hmm. um yeah. So I, I, I pushed it away for a while and, and turned my nose to it. And I've never really considered myself to be an art snob by any means. And I'm not really, you know, educated in art, but um, I do believe I have some taste. <laughs> and it's been difficult to find, <laughs> to find real pieces of artwork that I thought were tasteful and worth, um, worth my money in terms of uh you know, acquiring it and perhaps buying something that allows me to display it on my wall, <laughs> you right. know, like a, like a real piece of art. I, I really haven't seen much of that and I should explore more deeply. I've said that for months. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is since I haven't done that, I've done kind of the opposite where I've bought things like hash masks oh. and uh, moon cats <laughs> and just stupid things. Um, and I, I didn't get lucky like some other people uh, in, the, in, the, in the space with the hash masks. I'm still holding mine. I'm still holding the moon cats. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, but that's really my experience with sure. NFTs. I will, I will say that I think the idea of them is very, um, how do I put it? I think people will gravitate toward it. I think it'll find an audience of, of normal people outside of the space. I think it's a way to get uh, people outside of our circles and uh, the blockchain industry in general. I think it's a good way to get people interested yeah. in, in what's going on here. And I like that aspect of it. I like the aspect of collectibles. I was a kid once too and collected baseball cards and football cards and other things of that nature so that part of it is exciting for me as well and i can see how it'll be it could be a big deal in the long run 
Yeah, you know, I've seen more attention given the NFTs in the last month or two from like mainstream media. I think I've seen, so there's a New York Times, like an in-depth Times article on it. And then I think Kara Swisher, that prominent Silicon Valley tech guru has like a podcast on the Times. And there is a podcast she released with Beeple on his recent sale of the you know $69 million piece of yeah. artwork. And yeah, like people just seem to like have really strong opinions on it. It's like, you know, people are attacking it for various reasons. I think the Maxis hate it because it's built on Ethereum. And then, right. you know, these wacky left-wing folks are saying, well, it's hard on the environment. Or <laughs> I, I don't quite wow. even understand the criticisms of it but yeah people seem to like have this sort of passionate response to them which inevitably brings more attention and more dialogue so i do think it'll it will bring in uh, people outside of the space it's probably been like the first real thing since maybe the ico boom of 2017 where you know people who aren't in crypto are like well i should pay attention to that yeah DeFi is cool but like i don't think anyone really outside of us 30 people who are constantly trading against each other really give a shit about it. Um, right. I think but, the NFTs are relatable. Mm-hmm, for sure. You know, yeah. like people, people can wrap their head around what they're, what they're getting, I think, in a way that, you know, the ICOs in 2017 are, we're still way above a whole audience is head, you know, like it's on another level that, that they can't get into unless they spend a lot of time educating themselves. And I feel like it, the NFT is a different game. Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty cool. Like just the core tech, tech of it um, and the like speculative aspect, the collectibles, the like monetizing art artists. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think it's, it's kind of cool, but you're right. There's a lot of junk out there. Um, but maybe that's just like the normal art world too. I went to a lot of gallery openings when I was in college and stuff and there's a lot of crap there too. Yeah, yeah. And that could very well be the case. Like I said, I'm, I'm no expert in art by any means, and I've never really involved myself in art scenes. And this could just be, you know, replaying itself from the real world. Mm-hmm. Right, right, <laughs> in the yeah. NFT world, the exact same kind of thing where there's a whole load of crap that mm-hmm. uh, gets exposed. And then there's pockets of really great stuff. I will say that in the past week, I've seen some incredible pieces that mm-hmm. I would have put money on if I had been quicker to the draw, mm-hmm. uh, other people bid on it before I did. And then I lost the, the opportunity. So I have seen some really cool stuff lately, some stuff that I would absolutely hang on a wall and present to friends and family. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, and it's great that like smaller artists can find like a way, a, a huge market, you know, that they might not have access to otherwise. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. Um, Dale, what about you? Are you, are you buying NFTs? You have a few, don't you? Yeah, I've got some, um, a lot of the NFTs that I own are actually people that I know were creating them. Uh, you guys know Kirk. So he had an auction on a piece and it came with another piece. So I bought that. And then, uh, uh, our Sonic, do you guys know him? Yeah. 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 He did a uni grids, uh, which is Z block. It's, it's got music. It's one of the first, you know, um, NFTs with music essentially. Or I didn't realize beat. he was behind that actually. That's, that's pretty either. cool. Uh, maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. I don't <laughs> no, know. <laughs> yeah, um, I have no clue. <laughs> so, and then I've got, you know, some waifus and um, I did the hash mask thing and 
I ended up just selling it at break even just because I got sick of looking at it. And I, I mean, I've got some bunks. I, you know, that was one thing. I had a buddy who we all know try and shill me into punks right. when the floor was like four or five ETH. And he's like, look, I want you to get in, just buy this for what I paid for it. And I think, I think LD, I was telling you this the other day, that punk that he was going to sell me for four or five ETH is now listed for sale or just got bought for like 52 Ethereum. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh, is right. <laughs> a knife in the heart. Yeah. Knife, it's man. Tough. And I should have listened to him. And he's just smashing it in the punk. He is. He is. Um, some but of the, no, I, you some know, of the punks are crazy too. They're like, I mean, uh, like what a couple million boxers. Like right. a million. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> like the alien. There's only eight yeah. punk, eight aliens, and I think one just sold for like six million. Oh, it's wild. <laughs> so you know, I, I'm kind of like LD. I, I don't really. You know, I, I, I don't have anything against artists because they do some awesome work. Um, I was a jock growing up, wasn't really into art, but there is a place for it. And, you know, my biggest thing with, with this is if I'm going to spend 15 Ethereum on, uh, you know, an NFT, I want to be able to display it in my house or my office so that people can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's, you know, there might be a way out there for that now. And I think that's where the the next thing, you know, like a, a digital frame or something, maybe that's out there and I'm just a, too big a boomer, but um, that would be cool. I, and I know the guy that I know some people that have gotten, you know, a punk they bought commissioned or got a NFT they bought commissioned, but um, you know, something, something to think of. And, I, and I'm sure that we'll get there with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm, I remember like I, I went through a phase where I like to like actually buy physical artwork and I have a lot of it around my house and um, you know, I was doing okay at my law firm. So I started to look at like old Warhol prints and stuff and those, nice. you know, those can get, well, they can be extraordinarily expensive, like the real Warhols. But if you get like one of his sort of not so famous prints that he did a bunch of, you could probably get one for like 20, 30 grand. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that was always like something I aspired to. I never ended up pulling the trigger on it, but now it's like people spend that on like the shittiest little like NFT you could possibly imagine. And there's just like this weird disconnect in my head now where I'm like, you could actually like go out and buy a fucking matted signed Warhol print for that. And you just bought like this digital cat or whatever and more power to them. But like at some point there becomes this disconnect where Maybe I'm just a boomer, but I'd rather have something that I can hang on my wall and, you know, show off. But I suppose other people like to show off their, you know, people will actually put their Ethereum wallets in their like Twitter name. And it's like this prestige thing where millions of people then can actually see that they own it. And it's sort of a flex in that way. So I don't know. Sure. I guess I never thought of it that way either. Yeah. Like that Danny guy, um, he's on Twitter and he owns like, you know, tons of punks and like very high prestige items. And I think he's approaching it like that. Maybe part of it's speculation, but it seems like part of it's just being like, yeah, I own like a shitload of really expensive stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Well, um, we're kind of getting out of time. I'm kind of, I'm very curious because both of you have um good taste in drinks i, I was like well let's end the end the, the podcast on alcohol um so dale 
why don't you go first? What what are you drinking these days? Is it still like bush light forever or are you branching out? Yeah, I, you know, I'm a big beer fan, so I don't, but the thing is I like beer, but I don't like, like, I'm not an IPA fan and I don't like weird beer. So yeah, I, I always get trolled for being a bush light fan. Yeah. Um, you can't go wrong with Bud Light. Uh, is it Big Wave? Oh yeah, the ca- ca- Kahuna or whatever. The, yeah, the, that one. Yeah, that one that I sounds like. Good. Um, Sam Adams seventeen. Uh, shit, seventeen eighty or something like that. That's sure. really good too. And then you can't go wrong with an old fashioned every once in a while. Yeah, man. Are you? Uh, is it brandy or whiskey for you? Brandy. All right, my man. That's good. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you gotta have the cherry and the brandy. Love That's it. That's right, baby. All right. How about you, LD? You've been down the mezcal hole recently, huh? Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of mezcal, but um, in general, I gravitate to tequila. Sure. I love I love to shoot tequila. <laughs> tequila Blanco, uh, Espolón is my brand. Uh, it's a pretty cheap bottle. Uh, sure. For shooting, and I got to I got to tell you this beer that I'm drinking right now. Um, Dale is going to appreciate it. It's it's called Beach Me Up. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> and the flavor is grapefruit shandy. Oh, get oh. out of here. <laughs> I actually have a grapefruit shandy in the drawer and I almost grabbed it for tonight's episode. <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Dale. I'm with I'm with LD on this one. Maybe we're just the old senior citizens of the group here. You are pretty much. But grapefruits <laughs> for the- are fantastic. Yeah, you need it for are. the antioxidants or whatever it is to keep your bones <laughs> right. from not breaking. I have the little spoon with the little like sort of knife looking thing yeah, on man. the side of it. So do I. <laughs> Jeez, you guys. Uh, LD, Go confirm there, for the listeners. Yeah. Tell them your Bushlight story. Oh, shit. I don't even remember. Just your, you, try, you bought it because you were like, hey, if Dale likes it, I'll try it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's my go-to. Like if I'm going to buy, um, I don't drink a lot of beer these days, to be honest, like this beer just happens to be in my house right now. So, so I'm drinking it, but if I do buy beer, I buy Bush light and I buy buy the 18 pack easy drinking. I can drink it all and still function. And I like that. I need that. (laughs) And whale too. Uh, we were in San Diego and we went to the bar and I, I just bought him and Prince some Bush Light and they both drank it. And they're like, it's not as bad as what I thought it was. That's great. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. I get it. I get endless amounts of shit on Twitter for drinking Bud Light as well. Um, and people are always like, oh, why didn't you drink IPA? Um, mm-hmm. And LD, you're right. It's, it's very easy to function. You can have like six Bud Lights and wake up in the morning and be like, fine. But yeah, if you okay. drink six IPAs, I'd be in like, I'd be in the hospital the next day. They're yeah. disgusting. Brutal. And yeah. There's th- so with a clean Pilsner, like Bud Light or Bush Light, it's, there's nowhere to hide. They're super well-produced um, and they're clean. And yeah. yeah. So uh, these IPAs you get are just like, they just throw anything they have laying around in the, in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, and yeah. it smells like it too. Yeah. Hey, too let's exactly. throw some dirty mop water in this and call <laughs> yeah. it mop IPA. Yeah. So I hope I hope Dale that someday you can get that coveted Bushlight sponsorship. We've they we've all they did send me a polo one time, all right. and it has my on the sleeve. It has my Twitter handle. 
That's shut good. up. Does it really? Yeah, for real. I'll send you a picture of me. It's boss, man. That's but boss. I mean, I want like that's great. Like I know I'm probably being greedy, but I would like to think that I've brought them a lot of business. From, yeah, I from mean, you just you just named three people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's just like the in your immediate circle. So I'm sure over the years, yes, you've probably sold many pallets of bushlight for those guys. That's all I want is like you. a monthly supply. I mean, send me one case a month. It's not that hard. Right, it's not fly, much to ask. Imbev will fly you to Belgium, and you can go dine with the the CEO. <laughs> really, any beer, any beer company that's listening. Just give me I'm a sponsorship. I'm not picky. That would be your biggest fan. I love it. All right, guys. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate you sitting down with me. It's been a lot of fun. Um, so I don't know. Is there any parting piece of wisdom you, you wish to share with, with my audience? I know there's a lot of new folks in crypto right now. Um, any, any piece of advice you guys can give them? I LD, I think you know what to hit them with. I have a couple of things. <laughs> no beans for breakfast. Yeah, I knew yep. it. No. <laughs> Do not Absolutely. eat beans for breakfast. Please don't. No matter what you see on Twitter from these people in oh. Europe, don't you dare eat beans for breakfast. I don't care where you're from in the world. You don't eat it. Don't do it. Oh, yeah, the, the, other, the other piece of advice, the real one, I would say, is to... Uh, just find your people, mm-hmm. you know, find, find the mm-hmm. people that, uh, that you can uh, make friends with and that you can trust and uh, that you can learn from with, I mean, without, without that, I wouldn't be here right now without you guys. Uh, I don't want to get all teary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, but, it's, but, it's, but it's seriously. True. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You'd burn out in, in three to six months without a community. So absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, there's so much stuff out there that you you can't catch it all and you you'll find out in your friend group that guys get hot and they're making good plays so you can tail them pretty easy and there's days where i feel like climbing the clock tower and probably more than most and the you know the guys in in our in our circle i call it always pick you up and tell you if you're being a a baby so yeah i agree with that ld it's good guys all right. Well, if you're listening out there, find your people. Go find, find your them. people. Find stick your to people. your plan mm-hmm. and tip your waitress. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thanks again. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be seeing you around the the water cooler. Thanks, bully. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. A little bit of a surprise here. This is actually. My last episode, uh, the final episode, I'm, I'm winding it down. It's coming to an end. There's a lot of reasons, mainly just don't have enough time to keep it going, but it's been super fun. I've recorded, I think, over 30 episodes now and got to meet with a bunch of really cool and interesting people. Um, I just wanted to you know, thank everyone for listening and like to thank my sponsors, um, thank Blockworks, who's been awesome, the production company behind it. Um, thank all the guests who have come on and, you know, mostly thank the listeners. So, you know, I'll still be around and bugging everyone on Twitter, but um, this will, will be my last episode. Thank you for letting us be your final episode, final guest from, uh, just to echo what you said, from sharing shilling you 
caramel M&Ms. Oh, that was the, was that the first interaction? Yep, that was, you followed me. You said, <laughs> you said, if these are a hit, I am following you. And here we are today. Hey man, any good candy recommendations yeah. is like the quickest way to my heart. <laughs>